All right, everybody. Welcome back to the We Skate Podcast. And this week, I have a special guest on from Utah. We have Alec Naylor from Naylor Landscape. What's going on, Alec? Not a lot, man. Just uh, just hanging out, getting ready for the uh, getting ready for the new season. Yeah, enjoying that snow, the leftover, what you got. Yeah, man. It, dude, it's been snow. It will snow here for you know four or five inches, and then it just melts, and then it snows again and melts. So, you know, right now we're just dealing with frozen ground. <laughs> so you guys are kind of just sitting idle right now, getting ready to uh, break some ground in the spring, huh? Yeah, yeah, man. Doing uh, you know, doing a lot of designs right now. Um, you know, getting all that stuff ramped up. Uh, my team is getting everything else ready. Um, they've been helping us out. Uh, you know, building a studio um office space for for us um in the backyard and then you know obviously you know the normal stuff of getting equipment ready and grease and everything and new stickers and and stuff like that but yeah we're ready to hit the ground running nice now will you give everybody kind of a little background of what you guys do your specialties uh niches you guys might hit, uh target yeah so uh our, our our main niche is uh sprinklers irrigation so that's our bread and butter. You know, we can get into uh, a new construction or even better, we can get into an existing landscape, um, you know, and get in and out of there within, you know, a couple of days with, uh, you know, brand new top of the line sprinkler system for people. Um, and then as far as uh, everything else, man, you know, we, we kind of classify it as a, you know, design builds, um, you know, really custom uh, landscapes that are, you um, really focused more towards kind of like a permaculture, uh, natural kind of landscape. Um, don't do a lot of pavers, things like that, but we do, uh, flagstone patios, um, you know, a lot of plantings, you know, kind of your you know, typical soft skate stuff. But yeah, so you're really digging in now. Now, how big is your crew that you're working with when you're doing all this stuff? So, uh, all of 2020, I ran two full-time guys. Um, I did have a, I do have a shop manager. He works part-time. Uh, and then me, um, I maybe spend 10 hours a week in the field. Okay. Are you subbing anything out or are you doing everything in-house? Uh, the only thing we sub out is concrete curbing. Oh, wow. Wow. So you guys are kind of, uh, so wow, your guys are really vamping up, covering irrigation, the flagstone work, really some masonry work because you're not just throwing pavers down either. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I mean, we treat our flagstone patios, you know, obviously same base and, um, you know, grout them in using a poly sweep. So um, not like a whole lot of concrete stuff, um, or like masonry, but um, yeah, I mean, we we do everything in-house, so. Now, now with the history of Nailer Landscape, has it always been geared towards what you're doing now, or did you start off pushing lawns, um, doing leaf cleanups, anything like that, or did you jump directly into the heavy stuff? So I've always been an irrigation guy at heart. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I grew up doing for obviously, you know, grandparents and setting up shit on farms, stuff like that. Uh, but as far as Naylor scapes goes, we started, uh, lawn care, um, doing like cleanups, uh, sprinkler repairs, you know, kind of your, your typical startup. Um, but then, you know, just slowly kind of fell out of the lawn care as more and more people, you know, realize the value that we provided is, you know, uh, craftsmen, um, you know, start doing landscapes. Nice. Nice. And 
and and Utah it, now I know I'm, I'm kind of ignorant to this, but you guys aren't dealing with dra- drought issues over there that affect the the irrigation side of things, right? I mean, the the drought issues in Utah are actually really bad. Um, they're really terrible, and it's it's really just because you know I'm smack dab. You know, obviously southern Utah we're really desert, right? Um, which really encroaches up to where I'm at, northern Utah, but. We're smack dab right in the middle of the Great Salt Lake and, you know, the Rocky Mountains. So, you know, we have maybe a 20-mile corridor where we're at in between the lake and the mountains. Um, And just the expansion right now of how many people are moving into the area is just unreal. So, um, you know, we have uh, a lot of drought issues. I think right now in Utah, we're sitting maybe 60% of our snowpack, um, you know, which is extremely dangerous for the year. Um, but you know, we, we combat that with our landscapes by being, uh, you know, educating our clients on water usage and, you know, trying to, trying to curb that as much as possible. So it's been a really good selling point for us. Yeah, definitely imagine. I mean, we, we've never, I mean, we're in Massachusetts. Uh, we don't do any irrigation. We sub it out in the past. We have, and you know, we we might run maybe every couple of years. They'll have, uh, you know, you'll be in the danger zone for a drought where you know you're watering every other week rather than every other day. Um, but yeah, um, so when you go into the the, the hardscape side of things. Um, did you guys bother to get certified with any of the manufacturers or in CMA, ICPI? Do you see the value in any of those certifications? Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of the people listening are going to hate me, but um, no, I, I don't. I, I mean, I, so I first started, obviously everything really super small, um, had a lot of guidance from our local dealers um, you know, specifically one person in the area that sold me, uh, that still sells us the flagstone that we use because we, we use natural stone for all of our hardscapes. Um, you know, but even, e- even to this day, I, I actually do a lot of training with our local dealer to teach their employees on how to, how to install things. All right. Um, I mean, we obviously follow ICPI standards with things. If not, we go above it. Um, but as far as I, I've done a lot of repairs on, on hardscapes, man, that, uh, you know, from people that were technically were certified. So, I, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to, you know, really justify it if, um, you know, if that's the experience I've had in the past. out after but uh no i i agree so so we i personally hold icpi and ncma and more or less the reason for that was for the the partnerships we've had with with certain uh paver and wall block manufacturers we needed them to become preferred installers uh preferred installers is where as you know you know they feed us the work um but i agree because if you're not getting the hands-on and actually doing it day in and day out it's just a piece of paper there's no value in it whatsoever. I mean, it, it, honestly, if, if you can study for three hours, you, you can pass the test. There's not that. Yeah. Now, now no, Alex, yeah, how, how long have you been in the industry or in the business for? Uh, I've had the business. This is actually our 10th year. But I've been in the industry since I was, I was working for guys when I was 14. 
Like I was I actually see. working so, for a landscaper. So, so you're, was, in cool. you're, you're in it. You're in it. You're you're up to here in it. Well, I'm um, born and raised, man. Yeah. So in the time that you've been in this industry, uh, what are the issues that you've seen evolve? Like obviously, one of the biggest things is the labor force, uh, and, and I go either way on that. But but aside from the labor force, at this minute, what are issues that you've seen evolve since you were a teenager in this industry? that haven't been corrected yet that you see constantly guys coming in, starting businesses, failing, uh, you know, give me your, give me your input on yeah. that. I think, uh, oh, man, and this kills me so much, but it's, <clears throat> I know you're going to agree with me too. It's when I first started my business, I, I did the right thing. And I, I started finding mentors in the industry, like local guys, right? The old, the old local dudes that have been doing this for years, and they were feeding me information on how on how to run my business. Okay. And lo and behold, it was wrong. After all these, you know, after all these years. And I, I think the biggest problem today is still it's just, you know, the knowledge of on how to actually operate a business correctly. And I think with social media, it's just getting I, I think it's just getting, there's a lot of guys out there that are really good, but then also too, there's still just a lot of misinformation out there. And I'm really surprised that it's, it's still happening so much. If we looked at, so, so we, we won't get into name dropping, but you and I had a conversation. I think, I think we're on the same, we stand in the same area as far as, is is what we support and who, who we support. Um, but just for the value of the episode and the people listening, if you were to go on mainstream social media right now and, and look at like five influencers that are offering these courses or advice, do you see value in, in the stuff that's out there? Or is this just stuff if guys were to, and you're, and this is coming from 10 years of owning your own business and, and, and probably 20 plus years of being in the industry. Do you think there's value in guys just going out and getting their hands dirty or trusting that a person's going to teach you the right way. I I think now this is just speaking from experience. Okay. Cause I, I've been in business for 10 years, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I've ran my business correctly for 10 years. I, I can honestly say, you know, I ran my business fairly well. We were busy. I had them, you know, I had a, a good teams every year um, and everything was really going smooth. And I, but I'd still get to the end of every single season and I wouldn't have any money. Right. Um, and then finally came 2016. It was December of 2016 and I herniated a disc in my back, which then pushed an old calcified herniation into my S1 nerve. And still to this day, I can't feel about three quarters or half of my left foot. There's just too much nerve damage. It's gone. And at that point right there, it was pretty humbling. And I I almost lost everything. I mean, if it wasn't for my wife, man, I, I, I would have nothing. She worked her ass off to keep us afloat and things like that. But it was finally at that point where I really started realizing that I need to do the research. Okay? And I started doing research. I started following you know your typical guys on YouTube, watching videos. Then all of, all of a sudden, I figured out what podcasts were, so I started listening to every single podcast, uh, and then I started you know reading books. Audible. I I went through you know I was going through 2017, 2018. I think I listened to 
you know, combined almost 80, 90 books on just business ownership. And um, yeah, I was taking little tidbits from all of them. And I, I think kind of wrapping that back around to your question, um, I think uh, I, I really believe that there's stages, um, especially in this industry. Um, yeah, people really follow. They tend to follow, right? It kind of seems to be the tendency as I ask everybody. And so, like I said, your question, um, I think that you need to get your hands dirty first. I mean, you got to make sure that you want it and do it. And I think that everybody needs, everybody needs that bad job experience, um, you know, to kind of be hungry enough to do all the work that it really, that's really involved in running a good business. Yeah. It, it seems almost like if you, if you put the sweat equity into it for the first three to five years and, you know, you make those mistakes where you're staying up all night and figuring out what the fuck you can do to come up with that 10 grand nut you need to pay your equipment, your rent and your payroll rather than just looking for the easy way out. And, and, and really, I hate to, in a lack of better terms, like, like suffer with it, you know, suffer to grow with the company. And I think a lot of guys just turn to these these seminars. Um, you know, we we were chatting earlier, and you know, we did a lot of similar things that you did. Where it was even in the industry I was in before this, where I would take as many free classes as possible, where the manufacturers were trying to teach you as much as possible, so you'd buy their product. And a lot of the times we wouldn't buy the product, but we take the knowledge. And you might learn two percent from there, two percent from here, five percent from here, but it builds up. And a lot of those, we were able to build uh, networks with guys that have been in the industry for 20, 30 years and, and really learned. So when I look back and I say, hey, you know, I made this mistake. Y- you know, I, I went out and I spent all this money on equipment. I didn't have the jobs. I thought it would speed speed it up. So I went and bought a Caterpillar excavator. You know, what am I doing now? And these guys look at you laugh like he'd been there, done that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. It, it, Definitely. And I think, um, I, th- I think you're right. I think, I think there, there's a growing pains that people need to go through and there's, you know, I, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but there's only, there's only like, I, th- I really want to say one or 2% of actual landscape companies that reach a million dollars a year in revenue. I, I mean, it might be my, what was it set? Maybe six or 7%, something like that, whatever it is. I know it was under 10%, but there's, you know, and I, I really think it is. It's, it's really kind of humbling to, to think of that aspect because it just goes to show like how many people know how to run the business and, and how many people don't. Um, you know, and like I said, when I first got, got started, I was talking to a lot of the old timers in, in my area, man. They were in business for 25, 30 years. And they were telling me, they're like, oh, just take your materials and times it by two. <laughs> And that's what I did. That's what I did for three years. And then I get to the end of the year and I'm like, where's my money? Where is it? And then I finally started listening to books and they're like, oh no, you got to, you know, you you should be a $50 an hour. I'm like, okay, well, how do I gauge an hour? I I mean, what is, how how do I do that with a quote? And so I started going out and handing people quotes where it's like $50 an hour. They're looking at me like, what? Like, I'm not paying you an hourly rate. Just give me a quote. And I'm like, what the hell is this? What am I supposed to do? Um, and it's, 
you know, little thing like, you know, like you said, little things you kind of pick up on along the way, um, you know, how to do business. I, th- I think that people have to go through that to, to be able to figure it out. Um, but I, I really think that's, you know, that's, yeah, that's a big problem in the industry, you know, today of just misinformation on these things. And, you know, let me, now let me back up to, to when you, uh, when you mentioned you got hurt, um, mm-hmm. wh- roughly what year of business was that? Uh, 2016. So I'd have been five, five. Now, were you in the position that you knew your numbers and you knew what your actual cost of ownership was? No, no. So, so you got hurt. And I think, so you were in the position that most guys are, like you said, so you, you got hurt and, and there was no backup. There was no system. There probably were systems and processes, but not in the event that the, the proprietor is, is at a commission. Um, I didn't know what a system and procedure was, man. I didn't know what SOPs were. Yep. So, and I was, um, <clears throat> you know, and I think that's what happens with a lot of guys. It's, you know, they get four or five years in and some of them get hurt and then they just have to stop and, and, and they just give up on the business. But I, no. I pursued it and I'm like, no, I have to, I have to do this. And so, and at the time I was 25, so I was still, I'm, I, you know, in most people's eyes, I, I'm still a kid today. Um, but back then, I, that's, that's all I was. And I, you know, 2016, I actually, we did 400,000 or 400 and 420,000 in revenue. And I didn't have a single goddamn penny to show for it. Because I, I just wasn't, I didn't know my margins and I wasn't charging enough. Oh. And then, you know, I hurt my back and, you know, luckily my... You know, my wife believed in me and told me to, um, you know, keep going with it. And it's it's what I love to do. Um, and I was, I, I just hit the books. And I learned I learned how to work on my business and not in my business. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm assuming you were you were a craftsman that was riding that wave of of hitting half a million, and yeah. and just not knowing on that on that back end. Um, but then here you are today, you know, if you, if you, you look at your website and you look at your reviews and your Instagram, uh, you've come away, you know, and, and, uh, you know, hats off to you. Yeah. Definitely hats off to you. Now, if, if a, a person wants to reach out to you today and wanted one bit of advice on starting Let's stay away from lawn care, but a but a hardscape or a landscape company, new construction. Uh, what would be that one piece of advice that you would even give yourself if you ran into yourself starting over again that you couldn't do without, absolutely couldn't do without? Besides, besides making sure you love it, okay, because I think that's a really important part. So with that out of the way, with that just being complete, you know, automatically counted. Um, you have to know your numbers. And I know that term is thrown around so much in the industry today blindly. I know it. I know it is. And and guys get mad at me all the time. And they don't give me a chance to kind of explain it to them. Right? Um, and, and for anybody listening to this that's 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 thinking about this or that that doesn't know their numbers, right? Um, you know, you have your overhead and your labor burden. Um, 
you know, and, and, and all your, your cogs and, you know, cost of goods sold and, and things like that. And it wasn't until the point where I figured out my numbers and started realizing what I needed to charge to turn a profit in order to use that profit to build a team and to buy good equipment and, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, make certain investments and to build credit, um, you know, and things like that. So knowing your numbers, it's, it's very important because at the end of the day, you know, say you're out there just blindly charging $50 an hour, you know, per man hour to do your work. Um, you know, I, I guarantee you, if you, if you run your numbers and then all of a sudden you make the realization that, oh shit, I break even at $65 per hour. So for the last how many years have you been losing that $15 per hour? And, you know, in accounting terms, that really kind of makes up your net profit for a company. So, you know, I mentioned in 2016 when I, I made, you know, nearly half a million dollars and didn't have anything to show for it. And that's why, because I, I just didn't, I wasn't charging enough. So I was taking care of my materials. My guys were getting paid. You know, all my vendors were getting paid, but at the end of the day, me as the owner, you know, putting all the risk into the business, I wasn't making any money. Right. And so after all this research and everything like that, I, I'm, you know, actually kind of really proud to say in 2020, you know, we did $297,000 in gross revenue and 51% of that was gross profit. And, and again, hats off because even in your field, I know guys that are probably running and happy and content with 18 to 25%. And, and, and guys, that, that's not blonde care. That's, that's backbreaking work. So to run 45 plus is what you should be aiming for. That, that's, that's yeah. a, a fucking million dollars doesn't mean shit. There's companies, lawn care companies that do a million dollars and, and they profit 7%. After everything's done, they profit 7%. And and I, I feel like even with the on the lawn care side, I know that neither one of us are really fully gauged on that. But guys are content with making two to two to ten percent. And at that point, what, what the, what's the point? You know. Look, I'm I I get on I I just finally got on board with the fact that all those years I was stealing from my family, man. Yeah. I was stealing from my family. We didn't have money. If we wanted to go out to eat. I was really nervous about if my card was going to be declined or not because I didn't know, you know, and I'm, it it was just hard. It was hard on my marriage. It was hard being a dad and doing those things. And, you know, I was taking all this risk and providing jobs and things like that. And then, you know, finally gets to a point where it's just, you, you have to stop stealing from your family. And honestly, I preach, um, and I follow, um, you know, and I, I got this from another um, another guy, is Tom Reber, contractor fight, awesome guy, and it's fifty percent gross profit, man. That's the ticket. That's it, and it's that's what you have to hit. Yeah, you deserve it. Now, what was the what's the quality of life? for the Alec now versus the Alec in 2016. And let's assume you were doing in 2016, you were doing around almost 
half a million versus a quarter million now, the hours worked. I spent owner, most- owner hours worked. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 2016, I was working 80, 90 hours a week. Okay, never saw my kids, never saw my wife. And 2020, Alec, um, you know, I, I take my kids to school every day. If I want to go pick them up from school, I can. You know, my wife usually does. But um, I get to wake up with my family and I get to, I get to raise my kids. I, I, I mean, I don't know what, you know, what else is, you know, more important. I mean, you know, I maybe work 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week. Sometimes I'll stay up late, man. I mean, but I choose to now. That's kind of the thing. Like right now, now in my business, in my life, I I have a choice to do things. And that's just because I I did, you know, I I educated myself in business and I I read the books and I, dude, I'd stay up until three o'clock in the morning listening to podcasts on how to do things. And, you know, two years of research, you know, to go into that Um, as well as, you know, I, you know, coaching programs. Um, I'm a big believer in coaching programs. Um, and just education and on, on doing it. So yeah, I do. I, I spend my days now taking my kids to school in the morning. Um, all my bills are paid. Um, you know, on a good week, I'm you know, 40 hours, but that's working for myself. That's you know, being self-employed. So and, and, and again, I, I have to stress that the, the the margins on what you what you do are are amazing. And I like if someone was to reach out to you after hearing this, say, are you open to speaking to a younger person? Is is almost like a mentor? Oh, one thousand percent. Oh, okay. I, mean, I, think- I mean, yeah, hundred uh, percent, man. I'm, I'm down to, you know, talk with anybody. I'm, 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 I'm willing to share everything. I mean, obviously, you know, I, you know, I have small kids, so, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out with them a lot. I don't have a lot of, you know, like free time for, for a lot of stuff, but I, I have guys reach out to me on Instagram um, and Facebook all the time. I'm, I'm more than willing to help them out. I like the fact that you just said I, I I have small kids and you know I don't have a lot of free time and and, and you're using that time because I think a, I think a big trap that a lot of guys fall into, um, just like you did and and admittedly just just like I did is you, you fall you fall hostage to your company and you know you you romance this idea of this is what you have to do the the eighty to ninety hour a week grind and you got to be there and you got to be out there Sundays. Um, you know, putting in the work and sharpening mower blades or changing the traction machine or greasing your machine. And I, I think that when, you know, like you mentioned earlier, when you create these systems and processes and you, you know, systems can be something as small as setting up when your guys walk in, how they, how they punch into how they get into the equipment and check on the equipment. Like, do you guys, so what's an ideal day when your crew shows up to the shop? Like when they walk in, what's the system that you have for your, for your men? So, uh, we, you know, I, I, I invested in a CRM and so we use, we use jobber, right? so I'm actually able to implement checklists and schedules through there. So, you know, a typical day for us, um, you know, my guys roll into the shop, 
Um, I'm not there. So they roll into the shop. They pull up their app on their phone. And uh, the schedule is written out for the day. Um, so I spend a lot of my time now, um, you know, after we sign a job and schedule a job, I go through and I actually write it out um, inside of, of Jobber. And so I create a tools list that we need. I create an equipment list that we need. And I break everything down to what we're going to be doing, basically, um, you know, step after step. Um, checklists are one of the greatest things I've ever implemented into into my business. And, um, you know, that's just because it doesn't matter if I have someone on my team that's been with me for two years or two weeks. They can look at that checklist every morning and they know exactly what they need to grab. So uh, go to the shop, pull up on the app. They look at the job. They know they know the amount of hours that that job is required to be finished in. They know the materials that are going to be coming that day. They know what tools they need that day. And, you know, they, they pack it all up into the trucks and they, they get it going. Now, during this time, I am getting breakfast for three small children and taking, you know, taking kids to school. Um, generally after I drop the kids off at school, I head over to the job site, uh, you know, check in with them, see how everything's going. Um, you know, if I got a little bit of time in the morning, if I don't, you know, have any pressing quotes or things like that, I'll hop on a piece of equipment just because I like to, and I want to, um, help them out. But then usually about after an hour of that, um, you know, my guys actually kick me off the job site uh, and tell me to go sell more work. And then I come home, you know, get in the office, make some phone calls. Um, you know, later towards the end of the day, um, I'll go out and do an on-site consult, um, a paid on-site consult, I should say. Um, then I head home and cook dinner and, you know, maybe put in a little bit of time on the computer to get, you know, schedule squared away for the next little bit and off to bed. Sounds like you, you, you've definitely set yourself up for, for quality of life and, and, and running a business and what, what's supposed to be the, the grind. You're not supposed to be doing these things, Alec. You're supposed mm-hmm. to be sweating, You're supposed to be sweating and, and, and crying and, and throwing throwing wrenches across the shop. Uh, I, I applaud you, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously you, you, you have your battle scars and, uh, you know, you, you've earned it. Um, aside from, from that. So a lot of what this, this podcast is going to be geared towards, uh, is, is tradesmen and, you know, physical and, and mental health. And I think that's something as business owners and especially in the hardscape and construction industry, uh, we ignore a lot of, uh, we, mm. we beat the shit out of our bodies, um, you know, we think we're getting these workouts where we're doing repetitive motions all day. You're lifting wall block, you're lifting flagstone, you're lifting 80 pound mats of concrete, uh, but you're eating like crap. You're sleeping like crap. Uh, most guys, not every guy. Um, have you, I know you've had some health issues in the past. You, you can talk about them if you want. If not, no big deal. 
Yeah. Um, how, how do you address your, your your mental and physical health? Being a business owner, being a father, being a husband, and and having to devote your time to so many different areas at once. And obviously, you know, there's give and take in this balance in life. But give me give me your input on that. Yeah. So I mean, as far as health problems for me, um, you know, 2016, like I said, I hurt my back. Um, that was a big game changer for me because then I kind of finally realized, okay my body's not going to be able to do this forever. Like I can't be 50 years old and still out here doing this. And, and also my next thought was, okay, if I get hurt again, what's going to happen to the company? Okay, so, you know, that brought in systems and procedures um, and things like that. Um, more recently, um, I actually back is just in December. Um, you know, I, I had what I thought was a mini stroke. Um, you know, my left side went numb. I couldn't talk. Um, I, it was probably the scariest experience of my life. Uh, come to find out, um, it was actually, they're called complex migraines. Um, and uh, the doctors told me there's nothing I can do. Basically. You know, I just got to, if I feel a headache coming on, I got to take something. But again, I had that you know, classified mini stroke is uh, it, I didn't have a headache. So, you know, health wise, that's, that's where I've been. Um, you know, as far as what I do, you know, especially ever since that happened in December, um, you know, I've always been a big advocate for, for mental health awareness. Um, I actually, I don't know, you can, you can hop on my Instagram and see them, but uh, our company hoodies have the, the phrase you matter. Um, with the semicolon, um, you know, behind the matter. Um, and that's a statement, you know, specifically towards, um, mental health, uh, you know, suicide in, in particular. Um, it's affected me in more ways than one. Um, it's super important, which kind of brings on this next point of ever since December, um, I put a really big focus on, uh, mental health and not only for me, but for my team as well. Um, you know, they, they do a lot for me. And so, um, I've implemented meditation twice a day. Uh, I journal, um, to help out with getting thoughts out of my head, um, as well as helping me plan my day. Um, so things are more structured. Um, and I, I, I know things that, you know, they're going to happen. There's a lot less unexpected things that are going to happen. Um, you know, working out, um, you know, been trying to do you know, as much as I can. Um, you know, again, got small kids, man, and we're building, uh, you know, building on stuff, build stuff onto our house, um, and things like that. Um, you know, diet, my wife is actually, um, you know, nutritionist. We've always eaten pretty decent, um, but we have ramped it up, um, even more since then um you know we i put it i put it on a top priority i i create habits um i've created habits that i that i start and end my day with and all of that is actually geared towards you know my mental and my physical health hmm. i i even <laughs> purchased uh so there's a subscription app it's called the uh, headspace Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've put out the offer now to pay for my team's su subscription fees. 
to that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so it sounds like you're proactive it. with it. You're very proactive and and staying ahead of your day and, and staying on top of your team with that. And you know, again, again, that's unheard of. <laughs> and very. I think that's a that's a big part. I think guys actually show an empathy and compassion for the guys that are breaking their backs and and making you the money is something that lacks. You know, we, we see a lot of I, I always scratch my head because I, I see a lot of, you know, the labor force sucks. I get this crack kid that shows up and, and wants 20 dollars ahead of time and he wants to run and get coffee. And, you know, I, I, I always look at guys and I say, what are you offering? You know, that, that's my first, I mean, you attract a certain type of person with how you run the culture of your company. If you're oh, getting yeah. constantly guys that are having addiction problems or, you know, they're, they're not reliable. Um, what are you offering? I mean, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on the labor force right now? I, I, that's what I'm going to get. At I, that seems to be the biggest pickle right now in, in yeah. the industry. Have you ever had somebody tell you a phrase? And it hit you like a bullet. Oh, yeah. I had a guy a couple of years ago. Um, he's actually in one of the coaching groups I'm in. And he told me, he's like, people don't quit their jobs. They quit their boss. And that stuck with me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And because I used to be the guy that would complain. And so, you know, all of this, you know, even kind of wrapping back, I, I really think this whole business ownership thing is... Um, you know, the task that we do as business owners, it's, it's never a straight line. It's always a circle, right? And, uh, you know, that circle starts with, for me, at least is, is knowing your numbers so I can be profitable enough so that I can build a good team. Right. Uh, you know, if you're stressed out about bills and being able to pay for things, um, you know, you're not going to be able to treat your team, um, you know, the way that they need to be treated to produce, you know, high quality work. And so, you know, I, we have a really good hiring process. Um, you know, I just don't hire, hire people right off the bat anymore. Um, you know, we, they fill out an application, we have phone interviews, uh, which then lead to in-person interviews, which those in-person interviews, I actually let them meet the rest of the team, um, and then we have, you know, if everything checks out, we have, a, you know, a trial period um, in which I actually consult with my my team um, at the end of the trial period about how they, you know, how they feel about that person coming on. Um, you know, I, I provide a lot of perks for my, you know, for my guys, you know, my team. Um, I like everybody kind of noticed too. I. I hate the phrase employees. Um, I stopped using that. Um, and because it's, you know, it's actually my team and that's, that's what I refer to my you know, employees as they're, they're my team because that's, that's what we are. You know, we're building a team, we're building a culture. Um, you know, I, I understand there's a lot of people out there, um, you know, having troubles finding, um, you know, a, a good team, but, what kind of value are you providing? Um, like you said, to, for them to come on board with you. Um, you know, for me, it's good wages. I, I think cash is king always. Um, they make uh, per job bonuses. So, you know, if we come in under hours on a job, um, 
you know, whatever hours are left over, they get a split between the crew. And, and is that um, is that open book policy? Oh, or is that I'm, just on the honor system? Nope, I'm 100 percent open book. Cool. Okay, go on. I they they know they know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they they get that. Um, I buy them clothes. Um, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier. I if they need to go pick up their kids, um, you know, take them to, um. You know, take them to the doctors, or if they need to go pick them up from school, or something else, they they go, and you know we're we're allowed to have a family life. Um, we rarely work over forty five hours per week. Every you know every week, if we have overtime, it's it's extremely rare. Um, I've purchased kayaks that they're allowed to take whenever they like to on the weekends. Uh, I I have an archery set up down in my shop that they're allowed to use whenever they want to. Um, I bought, uh, I bought grass fed beef to fill a freezer down at the shop this winter. They're allowed to come and go and take it as they please. Um, I'm, I'm installing currently I'm installing 16 garden boxes on the side of my house. Um, you know, that we're all going to take care of and they're going to be able to feed their families with. Um, they have gas cards. I, I I let them fill up their personal vehicles with fuel. Um, you know when they need it, and we kind of have the culture where the, you know nobody takes advantage of everything. It's just you know we're kind of a big family. And I I, I like the fact that you went into to depth about that because I think a lot of guys think that in order to offer benefits they have to be your typical 401k health dental there's a lot of stuff or a lot of opportunities where even just offering mental health days paid sick days you you know like you said you know (laughs) people have family they have kids you know guys want to go you know watch the kid play a a a little league baseball game you know and and they need to take off early a couple days a week to do that you know that, that goes a long way yeah. And I, I hope people understand the value behind what you're doing and people start to incorporate those benefits more Yeah, because Dude, when I, it comes to quality yeah. of life, that, that's a big part of quality of life, having all those opportunities handed to you. Yeah. Dude, I've sponsored, I've sponsored people, my guys' kids' baseball teams before. I, I sponsored his baseball team. You know, he, they needed some jerseys and some equipment and stuff and I, I fronted it. I gave it to them. They're like, okay, well, let's put your name. You know, we can put your name somewhere on something. I'm like, no, like, don't, don't worry about it. Like, I just want, I want to be able to spread it. Cause what's the point? My biggest thing is what, what's the point of all this? I mean, I could do it and complain about it and go through employees like crazy and treat them like shit. And, you know, make a lot of money, but what is that money good for? If at the end of the day, my, my goal is at the end of the day, I can tuck my kids into bed and just know that they, they can respect what I did that day. And, and these people's people in the industry, even just in the trades alone, the way they complain about these men and women that are giving us their blood, sweat, and tears on a daily basis to make us profitable 
And some of the shit that I hear, it just, it blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't, I can't, I, I just, I can't fathom it. I, I could have made a lot more money last year, man. I mean, I mean, we nearly hit 300,000. I, I easily, easily could have hit 400, 500. But, you know, it's just a matter of taking care of my team and building that culture and having a solid foundation for the rest of the business to grow on. Oh, and, and, I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm in a lot of, of groups uh, with tradesmen that, that are that are outside of the the hard and, and greenscape industry, and um, I, I think a big problem is, is is the professionalism from business owners when you you know like you said they make the comments of of you know how they feel about their employees or their their potential inquiries, and people see that shit. You know, the last yeah. thing I want to do is go on there and, and trash talk someone or, or, or put a label to someone. I mean, you don't know what's going on in someone else's life, just the same way with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your employees don't know what's going on with you. You might come in with a hair across your ass one day, but, you know, hey, you, you might have a health issue. Your, your wife might have a health issue, you know, and, and I think yeah. being compassionate with people is a uh, is, is a lack of compassion <laughs> in the trades when it comes to people. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it is it's the money grab. People uh-huh. just want the money grab and, and you know, the integrity has gone behind it and the the morale is not there oh yeah yeah 100 and i you know i i make i i've made it a habit to pull each each person from my team aside um at least once a week or i'll call them like i got off the phone with you know one today one of my guys today and i just called him to ask how he was doing and if there's anything he needed and and you're right it's you know, I'm married and I have three small children and I have my things that I'm doing and the guys on my team have the exact same thing. You know, they might come in in the morning and be, be in a rough mood and I just don't go straight to, you know, suck it up, you know, buttercup, let's, you know, suck it up. We got work to do. Okay. Because it's not what I do. You know, what I do is I ask him, I pull him to the side. I'm like, Hey man, everything okay? He's like, yeah, man, you know, it's just, just a rough night. The kids stayed up all night, you know, got in an argument with the wife. I'm like, all right, man, is there, is there anything I can, you know, anything I can do for you to you know, make it better or anything like that? He's like, no, man, I just, uh, you know, probably just going to be a little slow this morning. Um, you know, getting stuff going. And I understand. I, I just understand because, you know, they're human and I treat them like that. And I just treat them the way that I'd want to be treated. That's yeah, off. Now, what are we coming up on the 47 minute mark? What is, what's the end game for narrow landscapes? Like, where do you, where do you see your business in, in 10 years? What, like, what's your, like, you know, what, what is the final? That's it. We're not growing anymore. Where, where do we want to be? Um, I have a really strong opinion on the fact that if you're, if you're not growing, you're dying. So, I mean, obviously we're, you know, we're always going to grow as long as I can keep the culture intact. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Very number one priority for me is keeping the culture intact. Um, but if I can eventually 10 years from now, you know, if I, if I can have a team of 30 people and have the same experience as I do 
with the few people that I have now, um, that'd be amazing. I'd love it. Every, you know, every bit of it. So it's really just about the the relationships to me that I, I can build over the course of the next 10 years, you know, something for my, something for my kids to look at and be proud of something for my team's kids to look at and be proud of. Um, you know, whatever that number may be, you know, revenue wise, you know, whatever it is that makes sense, you know, as long as we're, we're profitable and people are happy, um, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the end game. It's goal. Cool. I, I, I can appreciate that. And guys that are listening, uh, the one thing that the, the first thing he mentioned was growth with keeping the culture. And that's important because just five, 10 minutes ago, he explained to you what the culture in his company was. And uh, I think if more people were like-minded, uh, you'd see a lot less issues in the labor force. It's, it's not always, you know, what's out there. It's, it's what you're attracting. Um, you want to you want to hear something, Josh? I'll, I'll tell you something real quick. You know how many guys, local guys, reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook on a weekly basis, wanting to come work for me <laughs> because I post about these things. Oh, because my empl- my my team comments on you know on on my Instagram posts, and they can tell that they're happy. Okay, so I mean, as far as a labor force issue, I don't have one. I don't. I got. I got. Dude, I got people reaching out to me all the time. Like, dude, did you really buy a cow for your for your employees to to eat during the winter? I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to do it again. They're like, are you hiring? I'm like, yeah, always, man. So it's crazy because I, I off the top of my head, I I know five guys that would that would laugh at that gesture, but for me personally, I mean, it, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. People don't do that anymore. They don't. No. Uh, you know, I, I hear guys in, in my local groups giving out $15 stop and shop gift cards for turkey at Thanksgiving. <laughs> that, that's how much oh. you value your employees. <laughs> Dude, I gave my guys, I can't, I can't remember, $100 gift cards for Thanksgiving. Jeez. Like, you know, you, you, you got to spend it to make it. You got to give it to earn it. You know, it's, it's, Dude, and it's, it's just, a, it's, we're family. We're family, man. And I got, I have got people all the time that, you know, that they make the comment like, oh, if you treat them like family, they're going to walk all over you. And I'm like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to treat them then? Huh? Like, what kind of transaction are you running in your company that you can't call them family? Because like I said, they show up every single day ready to, you know, bleed and sweat. Yeah. And they're allowing you that time that you have to be a father. Yeah. Well, and they make, they, we know, I'm very clear on the order of things in the company. So I don't want anybody to confuse, you know, my kindness and openness with like a sloppy ran, you know, a, a business or anything, right? Like we have, we have SOPs and my team knows that it's my job to sell work. And if I don't sell work, then they can't produce the work. So they know it's their job to keep me out of the field. And it's just a respect thing. That's what it is. And we respect each other's positions in the field. And I'm allow- that allows me to 
you know, not only be at home, be like, be, be a father. Cause you know, I might take my kids to school every morning. Right. But if it's nine o'clock at night and I got, you know, a quote that needs to be done and that's, you know, that's what I'm doing not because I necessarily have to, because I choose to. So my team knows that while I might not be on the clock eight hours every day, like eight, like between eight and five, right. They know that like in the middle of the night, I'll be up working on something or doing something with the website or, um, you know, doing this podcast because it helps the company in, in one way or another. Right. So I mean, we have that respect for each other. Um, and it's just, it's just a big, big part of it. Hats off, man. Honestly, God, hats off. Yeah, you know, I, 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 you definitely just through this, this uh, segment alone, you've earned my respect. And you, you know, I, I see through people's bullshit, and and you sound sincere where you're coming from, and you know, you've you've been through it. You know, with, with the health issues, with the stress issues, um, you know, the the neglect with the family that a lot of guys go through in the beginning because they don't know how to manage or run their company, and you were able to to reach out for help. You found resources on your own to figure things out. You know, you, you took some bad advice and you learned from it and you, you know, it's, it's like you're rebuilding again. And, and, you know, again, my, my hats are off to you and, you know, I, I hope people listen to this and, and really take something from it. And, you know, if they need to reach out to you, you know, and, and, you know, it can be a, a, a one minute conversation can, can change your business, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So don't, don't be, don't be scared to reach out. So if, if someone wanted to um, reach out, what are your what are your channels? What are your plugs that people can reach at? Uh, Instagram is probably um, probably the best route. Um, you can find us at the. It's just at Nailerscapes. Um, you know, I am working on some other um, you know channels that I want to actually you know start discussing this stuff a little bit more. So pay attention to that uh, in the near future. Um, uh, I'm a part of a, a Facebook group called the landscape business owners. Um, and we do a weekly live Q and a, um, through Facebook, um, and sometimes YouTube. And these are just the things that we talk about, man, on, you know, we, we, we help people on how to, how to treat employees and, you know, knowing your numbers and, um, you know, yeah. If you need anything, just reach out to me. I'm, I'm an open book. hundred percent. Well, guys, you heard it, and hopefully we can get you on uh, a little later in the year, and we can really like start gutting into uh, the the verbiage of of companies. Like you know, we, you you've heard us mention SOPs, we didn't mention KPIs or anything, but really gutting your P and Ls and stuff. And this was more of an introduction. Uh, you know, me and Naylor have been talking for a few months, uh, but shit happens, life happens. We weren't able to put things together uh, before Christmas, but we finally got here. This was the introduction, and you know, hopefully we can get you back on, and we can really get into the 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 nitty gritty on on running a business and get into like the the technicals yeah yeah i'd love to anytime sure all right well thanks for coming on uh we'll chat a little bit right after i sign off and uh yeah you guys know it i'll hyperlink uh all your contacts for people to reach out thanks for coming on man awesome man thank you